This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 133. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 133. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive is an app that brings your workouts right into your earbuds by syncing the motivational guidance of a personal trainer with the perfect playlist to bring you an elevated on-demand audio fitness experience. Hello, shameless moms. Let's start off today with a little listener review. This is like my new favorite thing to do. Our new little review of the week segment. So Katie Taug, T-O-U-G, sent us a great review over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And she said, I listened to my first episode of the Shameless Mom Academy a few weeks ago as I was driving to work and I knew it was a keeper as I'm hitting my steering wheel in agreement to everything Sarah is saying. Yes, I love my kids, but yes, OMG, it is hard some days. I immediately felt like I had a home in this podcast. Thank you, Sarah, for making the mom highs and lows that much more relatable and enjoyable. So thank you, Katie, so much for that review. I love hearing that people are hitting their steering wheels while they're driving to work in agreement and just an enjoyment out of the show. So I really, really appreciate that. If you want your review read on the show, go ahead and go over to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And I might just choose yours to read on next week's episode. All right, let's dive into today. Hello, shameless moms. Happy June. How did we get to June? I don't even know. Like, 
I feel like it's almost time to start prepping for Christmas already. It's going that fast. In fact, Vinny's birthday is in September and he started making requests for his birthday party yesterday. So wow, 2017 is flying by. And with that comes summer and summer can be a little bit of a tough time. So there's a lot of great things about summer, of course, like family vacations and fun in the sun and the beach and the pools and all those kinds of things. But oftentimes, for moms, summers can be really hectic and chaotic, whether you're a working mom or a stay-at-home mom or a work-from-home mom. So if you're home, there's just a lot more to juggle, whether you're working from home or you're a stay-at-home mom because kids are out of school and there's just more chaos around the household. If you are a working parent, Oftentimes summers are stressful because you're like acutely aware of precious moments. Like where do we get in vacations, but how do I also juggle that with demands of work and still be able to enjoy myself? And how do I let go of certain things at certain times? And oftentimes you're taking, you know, time off work comes at a cost often. And so I know I've had a lot of friends, especially pre-kids, they're like, I don't even use my time off because it's so difficult to prep for the time off and then recover from the time off in terms of the catch up you have to play that it's not even worth taking all your vacation. Often once you have kids, you take that vacation and not to say there aren't plenty of people who took all their vacation before kids, but I think oftentimes after you have kids, you prioritize vacation a little differently because of the opportunity for quality family time or in the middle of summer, you just don't want to deal with finding childcare. And so you take those family vacations in the summer because it kind of doubles as childcare as well. So often we're juggling a lot of different things and just feeling a little off our game, a little out of our routine in the summer. So I thought this timing would be really good to help you prepare for summer. Now I know depending on where you're listening from, it might already be summer for you because in a lot of the United States, and I know we have listeners all over the world because the last time I checked, we had listeners in like 130 countries, which is so cool. But most of our listeners are in the US. So I'm speaking specifically to our summer, which lasts most of June, July, and August, but I know some parts of the country, they're already out for summer in May and they go back in early August. So on the West Coast, and especially here in the Seattle area, most of us don't get out till mid-June and then summer goes until around Labor Day. So I'm recording this now and offering this up now, hoping that I can catch you before you make some of these summer mistakes that we might all be guilty of or all have been guilty of in the past. So I want to talk about managing expectations this summer, what that might look like for you, and how this can help you have a more fluid summer and a more fun summer and actually enjoy the time that you have rather than having the whole summer be a countdown to when the kids go back to school or a countdown to like that transition in the fall. And the fall is always a transition, but oftentimes those transitions can be really big, changing to new schools, or you have a child going from you know preschool to kindergarten, or maybe going into childcare for the first time. And so those fall transitions can be really big. So I think it makes it all the more powerful and impactful that you do take time to enjoy your summer. So the reason I want to talk about managing expectations in the summertime is because here's what happens with me sometimes. I get very, very excited about things and I go into something like a vacation or a season thinking like, this is going to be the most amazing thing ever. And then as I'm navigating through it, I'm like, hmm, I didn't think about some of these other things. And it turns out this isn't the most amazing thing ever. And now I'm disappointed. So in case you might be prone to disappointment, like I can be at times, I thought this would be a good conversation for us to have now so that you can kind of plan for what your summer is going to look like and plan for how you can really navigate this season with your family and also with yourself so that you can get to the end of summer and feel like you didn't make it a great summer just for your kids, but you made it a great summer for yourself and you felt feel really good about that. I have to say my inspiration from this comes from two different things. So first of all, we went to Cannon Beach last weekend and prior to leaving for Cannon Beach, the forecast was 
bright, sunny, not a cloud in the sky via my Apple phone weather app for the whole time we were going to be there. It was supposed to be beautiful, gorgeous weather, which is actually really, really unusual this time of year on the Oregon coast and Washington coast. So I was super pumped and I knew other people going to the coast and we were all like, oh my gosh, like it's going to be the most amazing weather and this is going to be so beautiful. I can't wait. So then we get there. We arrived Friday afternoon. We get there. It's gorgeous. We immediately go down to the beach. We have like an hour on the beach before dinner and it's just sunny and so pretty. We come back up to our room. We're kind of unpacking. We have an ocean view from our room. So we're like watching the sunset and it's just magical. We wake up the next morning, clouds, not like a little cloud here or there, like oppressive cloud cover. So I'm watching my app on my phone. I'm like, oh, it's going to lift by 11 o'clock. So at like 1045, I'm like, um, it's not lifting. 11 o'clock comes and goes like two o'clock still oppressive clouds. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make Vinny take a nap. I'm going to take a nap with him. And when we wake up, it's going to be sunny. Wake up three thirty four, clouds. And then finally sunset. And I have that in quotes because you can't see me. So air quotes sunset, which happened at like, I don't know, 830 or something. So what sunset was is that the sky like just changed in variations of gray and white. And then the clouds, which had been like oppressive over Cannon Beach all day long, dropped. And so there was like clouds that looked like they were hovering over the ocean, which was kind of a cool look, but not what I was expecting. Like at no point on Saturday did we see any sun. So we wake up on Sunday, same thing, clouds all day. Wake up on Monday, time to leave. Oh, clouds and a little bit of rain. So we saw no sun except for that first little bit of time when we arrived on Friday. So that's not to say we didn't have a great time. We still had a great time. The temperatures were actually still really nice. We were able to play on the beach. There was a pool where we were staying, an indoor pool. So we spent a lot of time there. It was still a wonderful weekend. But I will say that I really let the expectation of sun get in the way of how I received the weekend because I wanted sun and we've had this brutal winter of rain and clouds and gray in Seattle, which normally does not get to me, what it has gotten to me this year, really, I think for the first time ever in my life, because it's just been like record setting gray and rain and disgustingness. Is that really a word? I'm not sure. So it's just been awful. So I was really, really looking forward to the sun. In the meantime, to add insult to injury, every time I get on Facebook while we're at Cannon Beach, I see pictures from people here in Seattle and it's like 80 degrees and everyone's at the beach, not a cloud in the sky. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So we miss this gorgeous weekend in Seattle because we're on the coast where it's totally gray and oppressive, just like we have spent the last seven months or months or so. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So in hindsight, it's kind of funny. At the time, not so funny. So I came back really thinking about managing expectations because it got in the way of my enjoyment of the weekend because I was bitter about this darn sun situation. I really wanted my vitamin D. So I think that it really cued me to think about how do I manage expectations when I go into something? How do I pivot when I need to and really let, really be okay with a shift that I didn't expect? And then also, how can I set myself up in the future to be, to like enjoy my whole experience, even if my expectations have to shift midway? So that was the first inspiration for this episode. The second inspiration comes from a colleague of mine who I actually interviewed on this show early on in the Shameless Mom Academy, Lori Kennedy. So Lori is also an online entrepreneur. She works with mostly nutritionists and wellness practitioners online. And she talked about, this was a long time ago, she talked about going on vacation with her family and being on vacation with her husband and how they would do family vacations. And she always felt like she was just annoyed the whole time. And she felt like vacations were supposed to be fun, but she never had fun on them. And she couldn't figure it out for a long time, like why she couldn't have fun and what was going on. And then finally she realized that she had some certain things that she needed to have happen in order for vacation to really be relaxing for her and be truly feel like vacation to her. And so when she was able to pinpoint, like, these are the two or three things I need to have happen every day while I'm on vacation for it to truly feel like vacation, 
she pinpointed those things and then she communicated them to her husband. Then she was actually able to feel like the vacation could be more than just about the kids or more than just about like being about the family unit, but it was like everyone could really get what they needed. And she had a great conversation with her husband to say like, this is what I need from vacation. What do you need from vacation? So she could say like, I want to get up early in the morning and have two hours to myself every morning on vacation, because that is like magic to me and peaceful. And like for her, that was the most energy life-giving thing that she could imagine on vacation. And then she asked her husband, like, what do you need for vacation to feel like vacation? And she said that that was so helpful to them that then the next time they went on vacation and they had these conversations in advance, it felt like a totally different ballgame. And I just thought that was so cool. So we're going to talk about that a little bit because I think that is so relevant as we head into summer. I actually had a friend talk about this as well. You know, we vacation with these same group of families every year. There's six families and usually five out of the six are able to go of the two years we've done this so far, but we're determined to make it a lifelong annual event at this point because we've had so much fun the last couple of years. And So I was talking with one of the wives last year and she was saying very similar to Lori's example. Like I told my husband, these are the two things that I need every day on vacation. And she's like, I basically need like an hour and a half to myself every day. And I want to make sure that like I can, I need to check in on work emails. Not that that's fun, but it helps her manage anxiety. And then also she's like, I want 45 minutes to work out. So she's like, if I have my hour and a half to myself, I can be 100% engaged with the family the rest of the time. I'm happy to give my husband time that he can have time for himself. And I was like, that's awesome. Like it's so helpful when you can identify what you need and then you can communicate that to someone else because then it's all out in the open. You're not like going through the day, just like gritting your teeth, wondering when you get the thing that you really need and expecting your partner to know what that is or expecting your partner to accommodate that, even though you haven't had a discussion in advance. So I really, really like that tactic. So I want to talk about six different things that can be really helpful in managing expectations. So the first thing I want to address is assume nothing. So when you are entering a new season or a new situation where you have might have expectations, don't assume anything. So don't assume that when you go on vacation, your partner is going to know what you want or what is going to be most important to you. Don't assume when you're going through a major transition that like someone around you is going to understand what it means to you. I was actually on a coaching call with my coach recently, and she was talking about how she has learned, she's been doing some really huge speaking engagements, which amazing for her. So cool. But she said she's really been learning what she really needs to make her speaking engagements the best possible. And she's like, you know, celebrity writers, like the things that they'll say, like, you know, Mariah Carey says that she wants 18 blue M&Ms next to her bed every night with her turndown service or whatever. Like we hear these stories about celebrity writers and how they need crazy things when they're out on the road and doing gigs. Well, my business coach, Carrie, Carrie Wilkerson, who I've also interviewed for the show, she talked about needing things like, I learned I really need a coffee maker in my room. And she's like, I need to just start saying that because I can't assume they're going to have that. And if I'm in a really big hotel, so she was talking, using the example of being in a really big hotel and speaking at a event in Las Vegas, she said to go get coffee takes a really long time because everything in Las Vegas is so far apart, which I've experienced myself. The first time I went to Las Vegas, I stayed in a hotel. I was going for an event and I stayed at the hotel that was next door. And in my mind, next door meant it would only take me five minutes to walk there. And it took me an hour because next door in Vegas terms means like three miles. And so, so for her, she kind of had that same experience where she was like, Oh, I'll just run down and get my coffee in the morning. And then she was like, Oh wait, like getting coffee. It's basically like a jog across town, even though it's still like within the same hotel because everything is just so spacious there. So one of the things that 
part of assuming nothing is understanding what your needs will be and anticipating your needs. And then from there, you can set expectations around that. So don't assume that you're going to have the things that you need when you go on vacation. Don't assume that summer is going to look a certain way. Don't assume that a transition is going to play out a certain way. Make sure that you investigate these things in advance, get some information, get some intel, and then ask for the things that you need, have conversations with the people involved to make sure that those needs can be met. And then it's all out on the table, but don't assume things. So, you know, I went into the weekend assuming like, we're going to have this gorgeous weekend full of sun. And when that didn't happen, my bubble was burst in a big way. Not to say the weekend wasn't great. It was still a great weekend in many ways, but I was like, oh, I really just wanted sun so bad this weekend. And I had to constantly check my attitude like all weekend long, like, literally like, don't complain about the sun again. Don't complain about the sun again. We're with family. And I'm like, don't complain about the sun. You've already said it like five times. So assume nothing. And then that will help you identify what you want to ask for. Number two would be creating win-win situations. So when you create a win-win situation, not only do you ask for your needs to be met by the people around you, but you also ask them, how can I meet your needs? So perfect example, going back to my original example of Lori on vacation with her husband or my other friend from our family vacation saying like, okay, I need X amount of time to myself each day, or I want to get up earlier, you know, an hour before everyone else in the morning, or I'm going to go to the hotel gym for 30 minutes after lunch or whatever that might look like for you, but really putting out there what you need and then saying, what do you need to the other people involved? So making sure that everyone gets their way. I've seen people do a summer bucket list. I love this idea. I really want to do something like this with Vinny. I'm not sure if we'll do it this summer because he's in full-time childcare this summer. I'm not sure I'm willing to compromise that. But one thing that I've seen is these family bucket lists for the summertime. And it's anything from like walking up to get ice cream, to trying out a new pool, to going on a road trip. And you put together as a family, you put together this list. So the list could have things that are like mommy's weekend getaway. And then it could also have like a bunch of stuff that's specific to the family maybe some items that are specific to individual kids in the family, some specific things that are tied to maybe your partner and what your partner's wishes and goals are for the summer. So everyone gets to their input on this bucket list and everyone is heard and everyone is accounted for. And you create this win-win where it's like, oh, we all get to do the things we really want to do this summer. That's great. It's not just like, oh, mom's going to drive us all the places that we want to go, which sounds awesome to the kids and not so awesome to you, right? So I love this idea of having a family bucket list and really focus on creating win-wins so that you don't ever have to feel bad about asking for what you need because as soon as you ask for what you need what you need you're going to turn around and ask someone else in the family what they need or you can even ask them first make them feel super important like you are so deeply concerned with their needs and then after they tell you what they need you can be like okay great and here's what I need so creating win-wins can be really really helpful and and powerful because then everyone feels really taken care of which is always important Hey mamas, just wanted to pop in and talk about our sponsor today, Aptive. Aptive is an app that brings a personal trainer and fantastic music right into your earbuds so that you can work out using the app and have the guidance of a really supportive personal trainer. So the part of Aptive that I'm kind of obsessing about right now is their Fit for Summer series. So if you go into the app and click on the Fit for Summer series, you will find workouts of all different types. So cardio strength training, outdoor stuff, indoor stuff, yoga, for any time period you can imagine from five minutes to an hour and all different levels of intensity. So you can pop in there and I love that these are targeted for summer because they're super high energy, really fun and engaging workouts. So if you want to go check out those Aptive workouts in the fit for summer category, go over to Aptive, A-A-P-T-I-V.com. 
and then use the code SMA30 to get your free 30-day trial. Again, that's Aptive, A-A-P-T-I-V.com and use the code SMA30 to start your free 30-day trial today. I'm also super excited to let you know that I have an open wait list for our next Shameless Mom Mastermind group. So this is going to be starting up in July, but I am taking names now because I need to make sure I have everyone who's interested on board and make sure that you have all the information in the right time so that you can get registered and be ready to go. So if you are wanting to participate in a group to help you be accountable to your goals, to help you make changes in your routines and stay motivated and inspired to do things to really improve your life in a short amount of time, making simple steps. None of this is super dramatic, friends. Simple things. I understand we're busy people. Then go ahead and email me at info at shamelessmom.com and ask to get on the Shameless Mom Mastermind waitlist, and I will put you on there so that you can be notified as soon as we release information about the next mastermind group and you can get started with us to make simple changes that will really, really positively impact your life. All right, back to the show. The third piece would be communicate, 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 and then communicate some more. So it really is a matter of using your voice and saying what you need. And this sometimes can be hard and it can be uncomfortable. Sometimes you're asking for things you're not used to asking for. You know, I had this a couple months ago and I can't remember if I shared it on the podcast or not, but I got back from my trip from the Philippines and right after that learned about this really great opportunity to travel and go to an event in London. And I was like, wow, how do I come back from the, a week in the Philippines away from my family in this gorgeous location and then say to my husband, so do you think I can go to London in a few months also without you and without the family? Like that felt extremely selfish. And so I waited for a while and I knew this was an event I really wanted to attend, but I was also very open to the idea that like he might not be cool with it. And not because he wouldn't want me to go, but because it takes away resources from the family for me to do two big international trips in six months. It's financial resources. It's time in terms of like, basically he's on his own for a week with childcare and all that. Like that's a lot. You know, it's like if I decide to do a big business trip to London, that probably is going to mean that like a family vacation might be a little bit compromised to some extent. Like we probably aren't going to do as big of a family trip. That said, here was my really strategic thing about this. We'd been talking about going to Paris for quite a while. So I made sure that we booked Paris in the fall before I mentioned the London thing. And then once Paris was like booked and mostly paid for, I was like, so there's also this London thing coming up. <laughs> and, and so I was like very gentle. I was like, I totally understand if you don't want me to go, but I think it's a good opportunity. And I think that like, these are the reasons it could be really beneficial. So just think about it. So I was like, you know, we had some good conversation about it. And he's like, this is a work opportunity. I think you should go. I think it would be really good for work. He's like, if you could make it be less than a week, that would be awesome because a week felt like a long time when you were gone for a week in the Philippines. So we had some conversation about that. So I just think that you constantly like, you communicate really well, be a little strategic in your timing because I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I used to just, when I needed something or wanted something or something was on my mind, I would just blurt it out immediately. And I used to do that often, you know, at the end of a weekend, this is like, this is a really awesome and somewhat embarrassing example. When my husband and I were dating, we would have these super fun weekends together, like early on when you're dating and there's like no limits on your time and your affection for each other. And there's no kids involved. And work is like this thing you don't even care about because you have a new boyfriend and oh my God, who cares about anything else? So I would spend the whole weekend at Vince's apartment, my husband's apartment, because he lived kind of far away from me. So I'd spend the whole weekend in his place. We would have so much fun together. And then very routinely on Sunday night at like seven o'clock, I'd be like, so let's talk about like, where do you think our relationship is going? 
And he would always be like, I mean, it's fine. Everything's great. Like, I don't know. And finally, I realized basically I wanted him to profess his undying love to me at the end of every weekend. And for him, he's like, we just had this amazing weekend together. And I want to leave it at that. Like, I don't really want to like go into this deep analyzing thing, especially on a Sunday night. Like he's like, I'm tired from the weekend and I'm kind of mentally preparing for a new week. And then you kind of like drop a bomb when you're like, let's talk about our relationship. Because when I open up that door, I'm like, so do you think we're going to be married sooner or later or like maybe living together? So this wasn't like a light conversation. I was basically always asking for another level of commitment from him, which he knew, even though I was asking in not so many words. So this was horrible timing on my part. Yet I constantly did this and we would end the weekends like where I'd be like crying. Like, I just want to talk about our feelings. And he's like, can we just please talk about our feelings on a different day? Like not right now. And he was always really nice about it and very gentle. It never worked. And I had to realize timing is everything when it comes to communication. So I had to realize like, when is his best time to communicate? And sometimes that means that I have to hold on to things for a minute, which is not always a bad thing because sometimes if I hold on to things for a minute, then I'm like, you know what? Like this thing I'm holding on to, it's not even a big deal. And I actually, if I let 10 minutes pass, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. And that could be sometimes more effective, not like stuffing your feelings, but just like giving things a moment to breathe before you bring them up can be really helpful. And that really helped me learn how to better communicate in terms of learning better timing for communication and learning when does your partner want to communicate? When is your partner like most open to these kinds of conversations? I know for us, it's hard to have big conversations at the end of a day after Vinny's in bed. Like we're just tired and we generally go from like tired to cranky to defensive really quickly. So often our conversations, if we want to have big conversations about things, it's way better if we do it on date night. On date night, there's no kids around. There's a drinks on board. (laughs) There's a little bit of freedom of time. And that's where these conversations can be really helpful. So when I want to communicate about something big and something that I feel like I want to like make some progress with, I'm a little more strategic now and I don't do it when everyone's tired. I really try to do it when people are like upbeat and happy and like having a drink in them and those kinds of things. So being aware of how communication works best between you and your partner can be really helpful. So that communication piece is going to be huge. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. The fourth part of managing expectations is going to be be assertive, but not aggressive. 
So being assertive means that you do communicate, you take advantage of opportunities to share your feelings, to ask for what you want, to say what you need, to really put yourself out there. Sometimes that can be really uncomfortable. A lot of times we don't do that. A lot of times we just do things because sometimes it's easier to just do the things that we're expected to do rather than asking for things to be done otherwise. So a huge part of managing expectations is being assertive. So as you are approaching the summer, be assertive about what you want out of the next 12 weeks. It is okay to have your own list that seems completely selfish and 100% about you. That doesn't mean, you know, you don't also have a list that's about the family or about you and your husband or whatever, but be okay with having a list that's just about you and then being really assertive about that. But also don't be aggressive about it. So when you are asserting your own needs, watch how it comes out. And I'm not always awesome at this. Like my tone of voice, not always awesome. When the dog gets left outside and starts wandering down through the neighborhood, I get real cranky real fast because when I'm in charge of letting the dog out, I'm like hyper aware that the dog is outside right now and she needs to come back in. My husband, on the other hand, not so good about letting the dog back in sometimes. And she has wandered far and wide as a result. And so I get really impatient with that. I can be pretty aggressive instead of being like, which I finally learned. I'm like, okay, so here's a really great tactic for me that works with the dog. Is like, I don't close the back door if the dog's outside. I leave it wide open. So that works really well for me. Instead of saying, oh my God, you lost the dog again, <laughs> which is really what I want to say. So being assertive, not aggressive, saying what you need, explaining your situation, making a suggestion, you know, and again, creating those win-wins, because if you're creating a win-win, that's it's often easier to be assertive with that. That's not going to come across as aggressive. And just being aware of how you're approaching things, how you're presenting things, and that you're not being aggressive because people like you're not likely going to get what you want out of a situation if you're being aggressive. So managing expectations can be so much easier if you are assertive about what you need you're much more likely to get what you expect and what you want. Number five is going to be to set boundaries. So that means when you're managing expectations, say yes to some things, say no to some things, be open to certain things. But setting boundaries is going to be a really important piece of this. When you're managing expectations and you're considering boundaries, setting boundaries is going to be a crucial piece in getting you what you want out of a situation. That doesn't mean that it's always going to go according to plan. And it doesn't mean that you might not, you know, have some disappointments along the way, but setting boundaries is going to be really, really helpful in getting you closer to what you want and helping you get more of what you expect out of a situation. So being okay with saying no to certain things or saying yes to certain things. I know for me, boundaries around vacation often mean like, I want vacation to involve a beach. I want vacation to have a view. I want vacation to involve sand. So those kinds of things are really important. My husband, on the other hand, he's like, let's take a vacation to Washington, D.C. Not saying there's anything wrong with Washington, D.C., but I'm pretty sure there's not a beach there. So I really want to make sure that when I go on vacation, it's very much chill time. It's not education time. And I love learning too, but he loves learning and he loves history. And for him, vacation can be a lot more about learning. And I consider that travel. And to me, that's different than vacation. So knowing like those boundaries. So when we talk about vacation as a family, I'm really clear on what that means to me and if he wants to do some of those other things, like we can work that in for sure and we can work together, but I'm always really clear about what that means to me. So like if we're going to do something that's more of a travel kind of a thing, more of a learning experience, then I also want to make sure that we have set aside time for 
the beach, the sand, the surf, like sitting on the beach, relaxing, those kinds of things. So we've done a really good job over time in finding places where we can do a little bit of both. I mean, Costa Rica was our first trip together where we did a decent amount of both of those things, where we traveled around the country and did a lot of learning. And then we also had like a stretch of beach time that was really amazing and really important. So at the time, I didn't know that we had these different needs for vacation and what that meant. But now when I look back, I'm like, oh, that's interesting that that was our first trip. And we really worked both of those things in. I was kind of along for the ride because it was like the first big trip we planned together. And I was like, sure, like Costa Rica, whatever. I don't care what we do. Because again, you know, nine months into my relationship, I was like, anything you want to do is amazing. And also, do you want to talk about getting married sometime? <laughs> I'm sure I probably brought that up 18 times on the trip to Costa Rica. Probably wanted to quote unquote, have a talk about our relationship a few times in there. So just really setting boundaries around what your expectations of a situation are is so important and so powerful. And that really goes back to what I talked about in the beginning where you say like, I need X, Y, and Z for this to the most it can be for me. And I think so, so important in the summertime. So maybe that means different boundaries around, you know, who takes kids to camp, who picks kids up from camp, who's in charge of lunches, even who's in charge of signing kids up for camps and childcare and making sure they have their slips in and paper signed and like all that kind of stuff. I've even had conversations with friends about date night. And like when it comes to date night, how do you manage expectations around date night? Does it always fall on the woman to decide what you're going to do, what time you're going to do it, scheduling the babysitter, making sure dinner is covered for the babysitter and the kids in advance, like all those things, because it's not really a fun treat. If the wife has to do all of those things in order for you to go out, if I have to do all those things before date night, I'm kind of exhausted and bitter by the time I actually get out on the date. So managing expectations in advance to be like, okay, so for date night, I will get the sitter. You plan where we're going to make the reservation and like, we're ordering pizza or whatever. Like Vinny's thing is usually frozen chicken nuggets. And I'm like, whatever. I don't care what he has for dinner because as long as I don't have to make it. So we've gotten better about those boundaries because when we did date night, the first few years of Vinny's life, I was like, date night is not fun. It's just a whole bunch of more work for me. I'd rather stay home, put the kid to bed at seven and and lay on the couch for a few hours. (laughs) Like that's actually way more relaxing than figuring out this whole date night thing. Okay. And then number five, expect hiccups. When you are managing expectations, just know things are going to go inside out, upside down and 100% sideways at times. And so be prepared for that. I could have reminded myself this a few times when I was moaning and groaning over the sun situation at Cannon Beach. You have to expect hiccups. Like things are going to get in the way. One of the big things that has happened, so we're up in Seattle, we have family in Oregon. And when you look at the drive from like Seattle to Portland, it's supposed to be three hours. Our family is just outside of Portland in Hillsboro. And then the drive to Cannon Beach is actually even further than that. So when I think of going to Oregon, I think of three hours because when anyone in Seattle talks about Oregon, it's almost always in relationship to Portland. And it's like, oh yeah, just buzz down three hours. No big deal. Okay. When we go to Oregon, it's always at least five hours. And I don't know why, partly because we have to go through Portland, but we seem to always have like extra stops. We hit traffic in Seattle and in Portland. There's just all these things. So going to Cannon Beach this weekend, I was like, okay, I know that even though Google Maps is telling me that this is a four and a half hour trip, it's a holiday weekend, which means that it will probably be a lot longer. So it took us six hours to get there on the way down, and it took us seven hours to get home on Monday. I managed those expectations in advance, telling myself, like, you know, this trip is always way longer than you think it's going to be. And so by expecting that hiccup, by expecting like it's going to be Memorial Day weekend traffic, it's going to be a long day. It's not going to be super fun, but like, this is just what it is. It actually was totally fine. And like when we left Cannon Beach on Monday, I got in the car and I was like, you know, 
I don't think we're going to be home till like six o'clock tonight. We left at 11 or 11 15 that morning. And sure enough, we had not gotten a mile outside of town when we hit this crazy backup, one lane traffic each way, no one's moving. We were in it for like, I don't know, 45 minutes. In 45 minutes, I don't think we moved a mile. And I was like, and here we go. It's already started. So I managed those expectations in advance. I was like, I know there's going to be hiccups on the way home. I did not expect it, the first hiccup to be within a mile of leaving the hotel, but that's where it happened. And so it actually like, it wasn't fun, but I wasn't super stressed out. There is a time when I would have like lost my mind over sitting in this traffic, but because I was like, you know what, there's going to be hiccups. It's a holiday weekend. This drive always takes longer. Like I just had myself set up for this is going to take a long time and I'm just going to go with the flow because I know how I can get in situations like that when I don't go with the flow. It's real painful for me and it's real painful for everyone else in the car. So I was actually pretty proud of myself with that. Like I might've been bitter about the sun, but I did pretty well with the traffic. So I mean, hey, win some, lose some, right? So those are six different ways that you can manage expectations as you head into the summer. Assume nothing, create win-win situations for everyone, communicate, 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 and then communicate some more be assertive, but not aggressive, set boundaries and expect hiccups. So I hope that as you start thinking about your summer plan, you can really feel excited and optimistic and positive about some of the things that you get to do because you've basically chosen yourself, like how this is all going to work out rather than feeling like victim to summer chaos and kids being out of school and all that. Instead, you can feel like, yes, I'm managing this. I'm on top of this. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Here's what I need, everyone. What does everyone else need? Like, let's have a family meeting. And that can be really, really helpful. So I hope this was a helpful episode to you. Do know that we have the next round of the Shameless Mom Mastermind opening up in just a few weeks. So if you are interested in being part of that, the first group has been amazing. These women have just blown me out of the water by implementing new ways of practicing self-care on a regular basis, by taking leaps in their personal lives, by taking leaps in their professional lives. It's been an amazing, exciting, cohesive group of women supporting women through transition, through change, through evolution, and just doing really, really cool things. So if you are interested in being a part of the next Shameless Mom Mastermind, email me at info at shamelessmom.com and I will put you on the wait list so that you will get all the information as soon as it comes out. And if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we do release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So there's another episode just around the corner. This Wednesday is an interview with Barb Anderson and it's on the topic is pediatric cancer. Barb's son, Jude, was diagnosed with leukemia when he was 18 months old. He has gone through three bouts of cancer and he is now five. He is in his longest remission he's ever been in. It's been a journey and I've actually been able to witness some of Barb's most recent trial and tribulations with Jude as we've gotten to be friends and she was actually part of the last Shameless Mom Mastermind. So I got to get to know her through that. I got to know her through this interview and then I also have gotten to know her through, um, I'm part of Jude's Facebook page where I get very frequent updates on his health and how he's doing and I'm telling you, pediatric cancer, like every day there are just unexpected hiccups and bumps in the road and you can never fully relax. And so you're going to hear Barb's story on Wednesday. And it is an amazing, amazing story about the sweetest little boy, Jude. And I know you'll want to tune in. And I think that you'll all really admire Barb for the way she's able to talk. So well, first of all, she's able to talk very like steadily about her child being so sick and so close to not surviving multiple times. 
I was worried about doing the episode. I was like, am I just going to like sob my way through this? And I have to say, Barb is just a champion. And she made the interview just so amazing and so powerful. And she really, I felt like she helped facilitate the conversation for me so that we both were able to keep it together throughout the whole conversation. But it's a big treat, the interview on Wednesday. So make sure you tune in for that. If you are not subscribed to the show, go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and click the subscribe button so you get all of our episodes. As soon as they are released, you will never miss an episode. While you're there, you can leave a review on that same page. There's a little review button. You can leave a five-star review for us if you want to give us five stars. If you don't, you don't have to. You can choose other stars too. I am sharing reviews. So I am choosing some of my favorite reviews to highlight. So if you want to have your review highlighted, you can go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, leave a review of the show, and maybe your review will get read live. So I'm doing that on all the Monday episodes right now, reading people's reviews. So thank you for spending time with me in the Shameless Mom Academy. I always appreciate that you take the time to chat with me, learn from me, listen, and I can't wait to do it again in a couple more days. So have a great day. And no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.